Just a disclaimer before today's episode, we're going to be talking about fear and courage, and there are some types of fear and courage that people experience while either in trauma or dangerous situations. This episode is not about those kinds of fear. If you are in those types of situations, you need to seek professional help. God bless, friends. Hello, Image Bearers. Welcome to the Image Born Life Podcast. I am your host, therapist and life coach, Tony Lamoria. The Image Born Life is all about pursuing the rescue, redeem, and restore narrative that God has called us to through our salvation in Jesus Christ. We're going to be diving deep into our truth, our purpose, and the identity that we have in Jesus. And we're going to be learning together powerful ways to overcome the myriad of things that keep us from freedom, fulfillment, and victorious living. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. This is the Image Born Life. Hello there, friends and fellow image bearers. Welcome back to another episode of the Image Born Life podcast. I'm excited today um, just to get back to this because I have been off. I've been sick. And so getting another podcast out here, I hope this is beneficial and meaningful to you at this time in your life. As we're looking into a new year and looking at the past year and making, you know, kind of assessments and goals for our future, I thought I would talk about courage and fear this morning. I'm just going to jump into this and I'm going to suggest that there are two types of fear and there are two types of courage. First of all, there's the type of courage that's needed to take new action, right? to take new action because whatever it is I'm afraid of, like maybe walking into a new venture in life or pushing myself forward, having a discussion that I've never had before. So that's, that's one type of courage to do something new. And then the other type of courage is to do the same thing that you would always do normally, even in the face of this new fear. And that's what I'm going to call more faith-based courage. And we'll get into that in a minute. But there's the two types of courage. And I think there's those two types of fear. I've got to do something new in my life. Do something, take action. And then there's the time when I've just got to overcome the fear and not let it affect me and keep doing what I've always been doing. All right, so today I'm going to walk through a modified version of Actually, Tony Robbins has a great 10-step plan out there for overcoming fear. Uh, I feel it's a little bit secular, and I think it's maybe too focused on the success component of overcoming fear. And so I've modified it just a little bit, and there's only eight steps in my modification. And that's for that type of courage that's needed to take new action. Then there's the type of courage where we have to just do the same thing we always do or possibly even not do anything. And I'm going to go through a five-step biblical approach to that kind of fear. Now, they can overlap, of course, and you can take these principles and do whatever you want with them. But I want to present these to you so that you might have a little bit more hope and confidence in the face of fear. All right? To be courageous, because that's God's command to us. Have I not commanded you to be courageous? He says, have no fear. It's more of don't act in the fear, but have courage. So let's start with this type of fear that requires courage 
to do new things, to take new action, to step out. And the first thing that Tony Robbins suggests is identify your fears. And this is in lots of psychology too. And it's just a really great idea. A lot of times when I sit with people who have depression, what we will do is we'll say, imagine that depression centering all in one place in your body, just like all into like an orb somewhere. And now I want you to exhale that orb out of your body. I want you to bring it out. We can do the same thing with fear. Imagine that this thing is just all, you can centralize it into one component in your body, and then you can breathe it out and you can take it out. What would it look like? Like a scientist, like what does it feel like? How heavy is it? Is it smooth or rough? What kind of attributes does it have? Is it shiny? Is it dull? What color? Does it Does it morph and change its shape like a cloud of gas or like goo, or is it solid? And staying, does it flash inside? What kind of behavior does it have? Does it have sound? Personifying this fear, there's something powerful in identifying our enemy. And depression can be an enemy. Fear can be an enemy. Fear can also be an incredible tool. But taking this thing out and and identifying what it really looks like, what it really is, giving it something that I can actually address. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll say, okay, take that thing, whatever it is, we'll just pretend it's an orb, and set it next to you on the couch. And I want you to talk to it. I want you to tell it what you're going to do today. I want you to address that fear. I want you to address that depression. I want you to tell it not today. This isn't your day. I'm in control today. All right, so identifying what your fear is as a first start and saying, what is it I'm actually afraid of? What is causing this? What's the root of it? And then if possible, if it doesn't feel too weird to you, give it a name so that you can talk to it. You can call it Henry, right? Not today, Henry, or not today, Satan. But then we move on to step two. So recognize the advantage that you have with fear. You might say advantage. What does that mean? Well, remember, we're talking about stepping into something new or doing something that needs to be done, looking at something difficult that's in front of you. And you may think this doesn't feel like an advantage. This feels like a handicap. But you need to remember that just like all of your other emotions, fear is a tool given to you by God. There's two things that always happen with fear. Number one, we get energized. Fear usually energizes us. We'll pace, we'll, we won't be able to sleep, we'll toss and turn. We have this energy in our body. And the other thing it does, just like anger, it, it gives us energy. And then it also hyper-focuses us on a possible problem. Now, often what we have to do with fear is we have to say, okay, the thing I'm afraid of isn't the actual problem, and we have to find that. And sometimes that takes help. That's where you get a life coach, or in some instances, you need a therapist, right? But looking at this and saying, this is an advantage. I have this tool that helps me hyper-focus and gives me energy, just like anger does, to address the problem. I just need to know what the actual problem is. So recognize the advantage that you have in being hyper-focused and being energized to deal with this problem. That's actually pretty powerful if you think about it. Now let's go to step three. Sit with your fear. Sitting with our fear after we identified it. Sitting with our fear and taking no action, even just for a few minutes, and saying, what is really going on here? Is this really about the situation? Is this about me? Is this about something else? What would happen if I don't do anything? Right now, sitting here with this, is it actually affecting me right now? And this is where it's very hard for some people to be honest. 
They go by their feelings, what they're feeling. They'll say, yeah, I'm afraid it's affecting me. But if I'm sitting here on my couch thinking about this in the safety of my home and my kids are still playing over there and there's warm food on the table and my family is safe everywhere else, I have a job to go to. In this moment, it really isn't affecting me. It's causing an emotion, but that is usually supported by a bunch of thoughts. So again, we need to do this thought control thing to take control of what's going on in our mind and get rid of this fear. Part of that is sitting with the fear that we've identified and saying, this actually isn't affecting me right now. I'm okay right now. That's a very powerful experience to have. In psychology, we call that mindfulness and sometimes grounding. So let's go to the next step then. This would be step four, and that's create must-happen milestones. Now, I like to use the word milestones instead of goals because goals have this idea that if we don't accomplish them, we failed. And they have the idea of they need to be completed at one time, and once it's completed, we'll, we'll know it's done. But a lot of times the things, the goals that we set, especially for behavior or emotions or relationships, we're not going to know the actual result until it's been happening for a while. Right. So I like the word milestones and the idea of must have milestones is that if I'm going to overcome my fear and face it, then there are things that must happen that I must do. I need to get off my butt and do some of these things. They're not little suggestions. They're must happens. I I have to do this. And so then that goes into the the next two, step five, which is overcome and kill the excuses that come up when you decide on those must-happen milestones, right? Excuses are going to come up. I'm too tired. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't. Whatever the excuses are, kill them. Get rid of the excuses. And if you need to, say, okay, this does feel like a legitimate excuse, or if it's legitimate, we'd call it a reason, then do whatever needs to happen to overcome to get rid of that reason. I don't have enough money. Okay, I've got to make a little bit more money somehow, or I've got to save some money, or I've got to not spend some money here, or I'm too tired. Okay, I've got to rearrange my schedule. All right, so overcome the excuses. That's step five. And then six goes with this is seek accountability. If you're going to create a must happen set of milestones, then number one, you need to kill the excuses and you need to have somebody mature that you trust to hold you accountable to overcoming these. And that can be a therapist sometimes, or it can be a life coach. But it'd be great if it was a great friend that you really trusted and you respected them enough to say hard things to you in response. Right When they see you either succeeding, that's great to give you the affirmation you need, or when they see you kind of failing and giving up on yourself and pushing you and saying, you know what, man, if you, if you want to do this, I keep I see you keep giving excuses and cutting short and you're just not prioritizing or organizing your time or, you know, if it's a relational thing, you know, you you get caught up in your emotions and you don't do what you want. I can't hold you accountable if you're not even going to try. So that kind of accountability is so important when we're trying to have courage to step into something new and do something different with our lives. And then seven and eight, step seven is focus on growth. If you are afraid of something and you step into something new in life and you are pushing yourself, then you need to focus not on the fear and the possibility of failure, because we are going to fail, but you need to focus on growth. Everything is growth. 
I'm going to grow. If I try, I'm going to grow. Even if I fail, I'm going to grow. If I step forward, I'm going to grow. If I get knocked back, I'm going to grow. I'm growing. I'm growing. So focus on a growth mindset. And then number eight goes with what I just said. Accept that you are going to fail. The idea that people who succeed, people who overcome fear and have courage that they don't fail, that's a misnomer. It's a lie. It's a misdirection. It's confusion. Courage cannot exist in the absence of fear. Fear has to be present for us to be able to take courage, right? To act on it anyway. Otherwise, it's just what we would always normally do. If there's no fear present, then this is what I would normally do. Courage is doing what we need to do in the presence of fear. But the idea that I can't fail is a lie and it's a misdirection. I once heard a quote that said, the only difference between success and failure is that the person who succeeds is the one standing on top of the pile of failures, while the one who fails is the one standing beneath them all. All right, so think about that. This is the idea of the type of courage that I need to have when I need to take action, when I need to do something new, when I need to move in a direction, when I need to have those hard conversations, something. All right, identify your fears, recognize your advantage, sit with your fear, Create a must-happen list of milestones. Overcome and kill your excuses. Seek accountability. Focus on growth. And accept that you will fail and be okay with that. It's a part of growth. right? And I think all those principles are in Scripture. So let's move on now then to the biblical aspect of taking courage. And this type of courage I propose is more when we need to sit with something and we need to trust that God is working. We don't know what to do. And this is the type of fear, like let's say something's happening to a family member. We don't have any way to affect it. We can't control it. Or my finances. Maybe I, I look at my finances and I'm about to lose my job and I can't affect that. I'm looking for jobs, but I feel like I just can't get a job right now that's going to support my family. There are some things that we may have to step up and do, right, from that first list. We have to have the courage to maybe take a job that doesn't exactly match what I was making before. It may not even be in my career, but if it's my responsibility to take care of my family, then I need to do what needs to happen. But then there's this other kind of fear that is, I don't know what to do. I'm not in control of anything, and I can't affect any change in this. So how do I seek and experience courage? Well, the first thing I want to say is that we have to realize that God is with us, right? That is this whole purpose of truth, purpose, and identity. God has created you on purpose and for a purpose. And because he has a purpose for you, he's not going to leave you on your own. He knows that you don't have the strength to do everything you're called to do on your own. He wants to be your source of strength, inspiration, power, whatever, right? He's here with us, and he said he will be here with us. It's his purposes. He wants to see them fulfilled. If you are afraid, trust that what God is doing will ultimately produce results that are good for you and those who love him. Right? Romans, God causes all things to work together for those who love him according to his purposes for them. It's such a powerful promise and a verse for us to take comfort in. God is with me. I once saw a bumper sticker that says, Every opportunity to fear is also an opportunity to trust God. And the second step is trust your truth, purpose, and identity. 
Now trust that God has a purpose for you. Trust that your identity as his child means so much to him that he's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to get disgusted with you. He's never going to have a regret about you saving you or anything else. He loves you and he's here for you and he's with you. Trust your truth, purpose, and identity. So know that God's with you. Then trust your truth, your purpose, and identity. And then step three, we say, seek peace through gratitude. In Philippians 4, God says, well, I'm sorry, the Spirit says through Paul that the way to deal with anxiety and fear is to first come to God with prayers of gratitude. We're going to present to God, the Father, our concerns, but we're going to begin with a framework and a mindset of gratitude for all that He is doing and all that He's done. And from this, from this approaching with gratitude, And then laying our concerns down. Second, it says a peace that surpasses all understanding will be ours in Christ Jesus. Our hearts and our minds affected by the peace that surpasses all understanding. Seek peace through gratitude. In step four, we say, take captive our thoughts and replace them. Because it says, take captive our thoughts, and make them obedient to Christ. So what are the things that Christ gives us to think about? Good, noble, beautiful, excellent, praiseworthy, trustworthy thoughts. And that's what we're told to walk away from this prayer with. So think on these things. What do we have to think on aside from the fear? What good things, what powerful things Is love present in the situation despite the fear? Is help present in the situation despite the fear? Are good things and other resources and other occasions that are good and pleasing and pleasant, are they present despite the fear? So take captive those negative thoughts, those fearful thoughts, and replace them. And then this is the hardest part for us. Step five is to leave it at the altar. I think a lot of us Christians feel like We're not doing enough of our part if we just pray, leave it in God's hands, and then walk away. But that's literally what he tells us to do, friends. He says, I want you to trust me and depend on me. Sometimes it will be obvious that there's something for us to do. But sometimes these things that cause fear in our life and that drive us to desperation are things that we can't control. We are not in control. And the difference between us and the world is that we have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind inside of us that comes from our Father. It's not a spirit of fear. So it shouldn't exist in controlling us anymore. And that spirit listens to and communicates with God the Father. It's his spirit inside of us, and he's jealous for his spirit inside of us, and he's jealous for the image that he's given us. He wants to work in our lives and in our world. He wants to redeem. He wants to rescue redeem and restore. That's what he's always done from the very beginning. And that's what he says he's going to continue to do until the very end of time. So the list for this kind of courage that sometimes I just need to sit with and I don't know what to do, understand that God is with me. Number two, trust my truth, purpose, and identity, and that every opportunity to fear is also an opportunity to trust God. Then seek peace through gratitude first, Then take captive every thought and replace it with something better to think about. And then leave it at the altar. 
When I get up, I walk away and I choose intentionally not to think on these things or worry about them until I come to the altar again. Then I can present them again. It's not that I can't present them again. Just say, God, I really don't see anything happening here. I trust you, but I'm going to present these again to you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being with me. Thank you that I can trust you. Thank you to have my faith, whatever. Gratitude, and then present the concerns again. That's God's solution to our fearing, right? And the interesting thing about this is this is where if I'm afraid and there's nothing else for me to do except to talk to God about it and trust him with it, then the solution is for me to do what I always do anyway. I'm not going to let fear change how I'm going to act and how I'm going to go about my relationships, my day, my responsibilities. I'm going to act the same way I always would, trusting that God is behind the scenes. He's in control. I've laid it at his feet. He's got it. He's not going to forget it. He's not going to forget about me. And things are going to work out for the good of those who love him according to his purposes. It might be a little painful, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to trust that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be mine in Christ Jesus. That is faith. Just walking forward, doing what I would always do normally in the presence of fear is faith. All right. So, friends, just walking through two types of courage today, kind of two types of fear. And I know there may be more out there, but I hope that these two kind of lists of how to tackle fear in your life are helpful and meaningful to you. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope your new year is going well. And until we talk again, may you go out there and bear the image as only you can. Take care, friends.